Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. We are your audio newspaper, and thank you for being here with us. Coming up this episode, it's Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Poured, the wine bar, with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. MISD high schoolers smoke their way to victory. Mansfield residents step up in a big way for Toys for Tots. COVID-19 is still here with us, just not going up or down. Local centenarian celebrates birthday with area dignitaries. And in sports, Summit keeps its winning streak alive and prepares for this week's semifinal playoffs. Coming up in the features section. This week, chili peppers in space. I am LaShonda Warner, and in this week's Texas Health Tip of the Week, we're going to talk about sleep education. A hole in the wall is a great place to find a meal, but it's not the kind of thing we want in our houses. I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll get to that in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that continues to remind us that Christmas is only 17 sleeps away. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment, we will talk in studio about the upcoming municipal bond packages and how the steering committee plans to address the city council on Monday night. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey, Mansfield. Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com, W-Y-S-E, well.com. Due to COVID-19, the record amount of unemployment and loss of health benefits to Mansfield area residents has been staggering. I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center. During the pandemic, the Mission Center has assisted hundreds of Mansfield area families with financial assistance, employment help, food, and or medical care. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, Mansfield Mission Center is here for you. For more details, visit our website at mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. Hi, I'm Latasha Tagle, Executive Director of the Levitt Pavilion, Arlington, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The annual Toys for Tots Community Drive was held on Wednesday, December 1st at the MISD Center for the Performing Arts. Mansfield ISD's large community event that brings in thousands of toys and thousands of dollars to help children have a brighter holiday season was back in person and larger than ever. Attendees were encouraged to bring a new unwrapped toy and then stay for all the free fun attractions. Some of the highlights were the student performances, pony rides, a petting zoo, snow hill rides, bounce houses, photos with Santa, and games and crafts. 
This year, MISD marked the 10th anniversary of this event. Approximately 20,000 toys and $15,000 was donated for Toys for Tots through the event. Last year, MISD's Toys for Tots Community Drive event was conducted in a drive through fashion due to COVID-19. Neither going up or down, let's find out where we stand with the COVID epidemic here in Mansfield. With the numbers, here's science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. The Tarrant County Public Health reports that the epidemic is still here at the lowest level since July, but it stubbornly refuses to go away, meaning each of us can still catch the infection from another citizen. Mansfield saw 83 new cases and two deaths in the last week. Countywide, 233 fellow citizens were in the hospital with the virus, similar to recent weeks. Tarrant County public health officials recommend that all eligible citizens get vaccinated. Vaccination is the best recommended step any of us have to prevent severe illness if we do catch the virus. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. The Ben Barber Innovation Academy barbecue team is on fire. The students recently won the title of grand champion at a regional competition, which qualified them for the state competition. Chicken, brisket, ribs, beans, and desserts were judged by volunteers by appearance and, of course, taste. The barbecue programs are an extracurricular program, and the students are a mixture of agriculture, culinary arts, and general curriculum students. Over 500 students will travel to Round Rock, Texas in April for the state competition. Happy birthday to you. It was a birthday celebration for the ages as members of the Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce, Noontime Rotary, and city officials gathered on Thursday morning to celebrate the 100th birthday of Ruth Van Winkle. Chamber President Lori Williams asked the birthday girl what her secret was to living such a long life. I just kept plugging. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't drink. Well, I... Tasted alcohol, yeah, but I never had a habit. I didn't smoke. Okay. I ate right. Always had plenty to eat, and mainly I tried to behave myself, (laughs) (laughs) which was not always easy. (laughs) Van Winkle resides at an assisted living home here in Mansfield and looks forward to many more birthdays. In sports, Summit has advanced to the semifinals in the UIL football playoffs. The Jags now have a seven-game winning streak, including handing Colleyville Heritage a defeat last Friday night, 21-9. Summit scored three touchdowns throughout the game, while Colleyville Heritage was held to just three field goals. This Friday night, it's the 11-3 Summit Jags take on the 14-0 College Station Cougars, 7 p.m. Panther Stadium in Hewitt, Texas, about 90 miles south of Mansfield. The winner of this week's game advanced to the state championship and will play the winner of Paytow out of Katy, Texas. They are 13 and 1 versus Flower Bluff from Corpus Christi. They are 12 and 2. About Mansfield will keep a close eye on both games. Friday, December 10th is National Dewey Decimal System Day, which celebrates a system of classification and the man who invented it. It was on December 10th, 1851, when librarian Melville Dewey was born. The librarian invented the Dewey Decimal System of Library Classification 
at the age of 21 and established it in 1876. Since its inception, modern libraries maintain the Dewey Decimal Classification System, or DDC for short, using modern technologies. The Dewey Decimal System is the most widely used classification system in the world as libraries in 135 countries have translated the DDC into 30 different languages. How should you observe National Dewey Decimal System Day? Head on over to the Mansfield Public Library on South Wisteria Street and check out a book or two. Let's check the weather forecast to see if we can play outdoors this coming week or stay indoors and read your new library book. Colleen? Saturday sounds like a great day to curl up with my new library book, which I'll carefully select after appropriately celebrating National Dewey Decimal System Day. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We're going to continue to enjoy some unseasonably warm temperatures for the next few days, with a high of 70 degrees for Wednesday, into the upper 70s on Thursday, and a high into the mid-80s on Friday. We've got another cold front that's going to come through overnight Friday into Saturday. Predictions are that it will be a lot like the cold front that came in this past Sunday into Monday. It will bring us windy conditions, a slight chance of showers, and much cooler air. Saturday's high temperature will likely only be in the mid-50s. After that, we'll start warming back up, getting up to 60 on Sunday, 66 on Monday, and 70 degrees on Tuesday. Meanwhile, the Tarrant Regional Water District suggests that you keep your sprinklers off this week. Check new plantings and water by hand if needed. Now would be a great time to see if your freeze guard works. As always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas, as well as water-saving tips at waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Health specialist LaShonda Warner has the Texas Health Tip of the Week. Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin presents the Ask Terry segment, and Brian Certain serves up a holiday cocktail to remember. Also, coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question. And in the talk segment, we will talk in studio about the upcoming municipal bond packages and which of the projects the 27-person steering committee plans to recommend to the city council on Monday night. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical dental eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. 
Become a part of Mansfield's Safety Net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Hi, this is Mansfield Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where reporter Dennis Webb is talking about peppers in space. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. Last week, astronauts on the International Space Station performed an unprecedented feat in orbit. They ate hatched chili peppers that they had grown from seeds on board the space station, in space. For seven years, experimenters have been growing plants on the space station, primarily to understand the effect of drastically reduced gravity on various life forms. This is the first time astronauts have grown a plant that flowers, gets pollinated, and produces fruit, the peppers. So how we got here? The first plant growth on ISS was in 2014, a small suitcase-sized garden called Veggie that grew a variety of greens familiar to North Americans, Europeans, Japanese, and Russians, which is where all the crews come from. Astronauts got to eat some of them. In 2018, NASA launched a much larger garden, a bigger suitcase with a lot of automation, and grew radishes and, recently, peppers. Researchers took a common variety of hatched chili, figured out how to make a dwarf variety, and then sent seeds to the space station. An astronaut planted them in the big suitcase that provided water, plant nutrition, and controlled humidity and light. The fans circulated the air in a way that would pollinate the flowers so the flowers could grow into peppers. Astronauts also did some manual pollination and found that watching the flowering and the peppers grow was a comforting tie to the earth. When the peppers ripened, the crew picked them, set aside a dozen to be frozen and sent to the earth to be studied, and ate the rest on tacos. After spending a few weeks in space, the sense of taste and smell is somewhat muted, and most Americans in space prefer spicier food than normal. Pepper sauce is very popular in space. The astronauts and researchers noticed a couple differences from hatched chili plants growing on the Earth. First, it took two weeks longer than usual for the seeds to germinate. Second, the pedicels, those are the little stems that connect to the flowers and fruit, they grew straight rather than curved as they do here on Earth, probably something to do with the lack of gravity. The goal of these experiments is primarily basic research to understand how plants behave without gravity. Science gains insights into how living things work by taking away the familiar gravity, for example. A side benefit is to refine the technology in the garden suitcases so astronauts traveling to Mars can reliably grow some fresh vegetables. Oh, and this week you can see the International Space Station fly over Mansfield. If the sky is clear on Thursday evening, December 9, between 6.04 and 6.13 p.m. Central Time, the space station will rise above the horizon on the northwest, fly directly overhead, and will drop below the horizon to the southeast. When it is overhead, it will be the brightest thing in the sky except for the moon, but it will be moving. If you don't know where northwest and southeast are, you need to figure it out before you step out your door. When you see the bright light moving overhead, know that seven people are living there, and a freezer holds a dozen chili peppers that the astronauts grew. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. And LaShonda Warner is here to talk to us about getting a good night's sleep. LaShonda? How many of y'all feel like no matter how many hours of sleep you get, you still feel tired? 
Well, my hand is raised because I can relate. Hopefully, after learning how to get better Z's, you can feel more rested. Our sleep-wake cycle is regulated by the hormone melatonin. This is a hormone that is released in response to light. If you're exposed to too much light, such as phone screens, computers, TV screens, or other electronic devices, the hormone release can be inhibited. If the release of melatonin is inhibited, it can decrease your sleep quality and quantity. This is what will make you feel sluggish and tired the next day. So what are some ways we can help reduce the amount of sluggishness? The first sleep tip is wake up and go to sleep at the same time of the day, regardless if it is a weekend or a holiday. This will help establish a sleep pattern. Make sure to pick a bedtime that is early enough to get you seven to eight hours of sleep. If you get in the bed and you're unable to fall asleep after 20 minutes, get out of bed and do a quiet activity, but make sure that activity does not include electronics. Electronics is our next topic. If you're one of those that like to play on your phone, I'm guilty, and check your social media while you're in the bed, try to make this the first habit you break. It is recommended to turn off all electronic devices 30 minutes before bed. This will give your body a chance to help release that melatonin to give you a good night's rest. If you need help regulating that melatonin level, you can buy over-the-counter supplements to assist with the sleep cycle. Should you eat a large meal right before bed? The answer to that is no. If you get hungry right before bed, eat a light snack to tie you over into the morning. The same goes with fluid intake. You do not want to drink a lot of fluid right before bed because you'll be up and down all night using the restroom. If you're up and down all night, your body is not getting the seven to eight hours of rest it needs. Lastly, limit your caffeine intake in the afternoon. If you drink a caffeinated beverage in the afternoon or evening, it can make you feel wired and not allow your body to start the rest process. I hope these tips find you a more restful slumber. That is all for me this week. Stay healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Mansfield and reporting for About Mansfield podcast, I am LaShonda Warner. In a world where people have thousands of questions about improving and repairing their homes, one man has the answers. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he talks about the place that you call home. Terry? Today, we've got a question from Melissa who writes, After the towel bar in my bathroom had become loose, I attempted to tighten the screws, but found that the large drywall plugs had created dime-sized holes. How do I repair the holes in a manner that will allow me to rehang the bar in the same spot? Thanks for the question, Melissa. The issue you have is a pretty common one. If you've got kids, you've no doubt had them pull the towel bar or towel ring or teepee holder right off the wall, anchors and all, at least once. Even us adults have accidents sometimes where we slip and put some unintentional weight on these bathroom accessories, and you'd rather reinstall the piece in the same spot so you don't have to worry about patching, texturing, and painting the damage to match into the existing wall surface. Preparation, needless to say, is important. Clean any loose material out of the damaged area so that you have a firm surface for your patch material to adhere to, and that means getting rid of as much dust as possible with a vacuum or compressed air. I also recommend making sure that none of the drywall paper is sticking up around the edge of the hole so it won't cause a high spot when you smooth out your repair. 
There are a couple of products you can use to make the repair that will allow you to drive a screw or place an anchor at the same spot as the original was located. The first one is epoxy putty. This material will allow you, in most cases, to drive the attachment screw directly into the wall without having to use a drywall anchor. It comes in a stick and, like all epoxy products, is a two-component mix. You simply slice off enough of the putty to fill the hole and knead it between your fingers, wearing nitrile, latex, or vinyl gloves, of course, until the colors of the two components become thoroughly blended together. It sets up pretty quickly, so you have to work fast. Once the material is blended, you'll simply press it into the hole, working from the edges to the center, ensuring that the epoxy is firmly adhered to the broken gypsum board. I'll generally finish the surface of the repair with a razor blade scraper so that I can take the excess material down without exerting too much pressure on it and forcing it right through the hole. You should be ready to continue after letting the epoxy set up for at least an hour. Sand the surface smooth and apply a coat of paint if you think the repair will show beyond the flange of the towel bar post. Once that's all dry, you can simply drill an appropriately sized pilot hole for the screw you'll be using to attach the back plate to the wall, screw that plate in place, and reattach the accessory. The other product you can use to make the repair is a setting type drywall compound, or what we call hot mud. Unlike the pre-mixed drywall mud you'll find in a bucket or a cup, this material comes dry and hardens a lot faster than pre-mixed compounds do. There are formulations that will give you anything from 5 to 90 minutes working time, and once you reach the end of that time, it'll become solid within about 5 minutes. The advantage to using this product over the ready-to-use ones is that, along with the speed of drying, it sets up much harder than conventional mud, even stronger than the drywall itself. That makes it the perfect product for repairs. You simply mix it with water to achieve a consistency a little thicker than peanut butter and press it into place with a putty knife. The stuff cures by chemical reaction, not by air drying, similar to an epoxy. Water is the catalyst that starts the curing process in motion, and the reactive chemicals that are in the powder are what dictates the curing time. It will get warm to the touch. The hot in hot mud is literal, along with referring to the short cure time, so don't be alarmed. If you're feeling pretty confident in your abilities, you can try the 5-minute version, but I usually recommend using the 20-minute kind, which will generally be rock-solid in an hour's time. Unlike the previous generations of setting-type compounds that went under the brand name Durabond, this material can be sanded, so if you overfill the hole by a little bit and have a small rise on the surface, you can reduce it to flush with little effort. Just make sure the compound is thoroughly set before you sand, and by the way, make sure you clean your tools right after you apply the mud. This stuff can be a little unforgiving once it sets up, and oftentimes you end up throwing the container away that you mix it in. Again, you can paint if you wish, and then use the wall anchor of your choice to reinstall the backplate for the bath accessory. Thanks again for the question, Melissa, and good luck with your repair. I'm confident that you'll be able to get the job done in a way that will hold up for years. And listeners, don't forget, there is no me without you. I need your questions and challenges to keep the segment alive, so send them along. You can email me at askterryataboutmansfield.com or visit my Facebook page at AskTerryAMPodcast or my Twitter at AskTerryAMPod. We'll talk again soon. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist, 
Terrier adds one. Shaken or stirred, Brian Certain is serving up the perfect holiday libation for his cocktail of the week. Brian. This week's cocktail of the week is the chocolate eggnog. Eggnog is a drink that stirs up memories for most people, and you either love it or you hate it. But however you feel about it personally, it's hard to deny that it embodied in holiday traditions for many, many families. It's been that way for centuries, and the drink has taken on many spiked and non-alcoholic variations as it traveled the world. It's believed that eggnog began in Europe as early as the 13th century. Medieval monks in Britain were known to drink posset, a warm ale punch with eggs and figs. And over time, this likely merged with the various milk and wine punches often served at social gatherings. By the 17th century, sherry had become the primary ingredient, and it was popular to use this eggy beverage as a toast to one's health and prosperity. The aristocrats primarily consumed it because milk, eggs, and sherry were scarce commodities in Europe at the time. When the brew finally made it to the American colonies, it took on a whole new taste and popularity. The rum that American colonists could get from the Caribbean was considerably less expensive than the brandy and other liquors and wine shipped from England. And so, with its ready supply available of milk and eggs in the colonies, the rum version quickly became a drink for people of all classes. So, when did eggnog become a Christmas tradition? As a rich and often alcoholic drink, eggnog became a familiar fixture during the holiday season across the colonies and eventually the new country of the United States in the 1700s. Eggnog was frequently made without alcohol, and each region would adapt the drink to their own personal taste. In the South, the best part of the United States, for instance, people preferred whiskey over rum, and who doesn't? It's said that George Washington devised his own recipe and that only the most courageous guest would partake. One popularly attributed recipe to the first president was a boozy batch of brandy, rye, Jamaican rum, and sherry. However, according to the old farmer's almanac and librarians at Mount Vernon, no eggnog recipe was found in the Washington family archive. It's likely a 19th century recipe. In the early days, eggnog was served warm, but by the time that Professor Jerry Thomas printed the often mentioned here on the About Mansfield podcast, First Bartending Guides, in the late 1800s, eggnog was enjoyed cold as well. In 1887, printing of the Bartender's Guide, it was noticed that hot eggnog was very popular in California while others served over ice or cooled in a tub of ice. The recipes at that time used brandy and rum or Madeira wine, sherry, or hard cider. But why is it called eggnog? The word eggnog may not have much appeal. The guttural sound and thought of drinking eggs are enough to make some people um, back away. But the differing opinions as to how it took on the now famous name. One story claims that eggnog was derived from nog, an old English word for strong beer. There's also the possibility it derived from noggin, a word for a small cup used in the 16th century. Another version attributes its name to American colonists who referred to thick drinks as grogs and eggnog as an egg and grog. And by the time it appeared in print, the words were mashed together to create eggnog sometimes eggnog with two G's, and sometimes with a hyphen. 
But the basic formula for eggnog has not changed over the years. Eggs are beaten with sugar, milk, cream, and often a distilled spirit or a fortified wine. Today, still a favorite for holiday parties, there are several modern renditions of the classic eggnog recipe, and they can be quite fun and unique. It's a fantastic base for experimentation, and everything from additional spices to tequila has been added to the eggy cocktail. No matter which eggnog you choose to serve, it is sure to be a winner at most, but admittedly not all, of your holiday guests. Don't worry about taking notes, as I'm giving out all the ingredients and instructions, and they'll be posted on bourbongospel.com. For the chocolate eggnog, you're going to need two ounces of dark chocolate, chopped, one teaspoon of unsweetened cocoa powder, one-third cup of milk, two cups of eggnog, four ounces of bourbon, and shaved chocolate for garnish. You're going to place the chocolate, the cocoa powder, and milk in a heat-proof bowl and put over another bowl of simmering water. You're going to heat and whisk the chocolate until it's melted and incorporated in the milk. You're going to remove from the heat and cool. You're going to then beat the eggnog in a stand mixer for about five minutes. You're going to then lower the stand mixer to low and slowly add the milk-chocolate mixture and whisk until fully incorporated, which will take about a minute. You're then going to add the bourbon and mix until combined. You then need to take that whole batch and chill for at least an hour, divide it between the glasses, and served garnish with shaved chocolate. The Cocktail of the Week is proudly sponsored by The Vault, located at 2300 Matlock Road at the corner of Country Club and Matlock. Don't have all the ingredients for this week's chocolate eggnog? Head over to The Vault, where one of their craftsmen will make you our featured About Mansfield Cocktail of the Week. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Frank Reynolds, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who was the first chief of police to serve the city of Mansfield? Frank knew that the correct answer was C.J. Prater, who served as Mansfield's first chief of police in 1954, and he has won a $25 gift card to the restaurant of his choice. After the break, this week's trivia question, I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. Introducing Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, an all-new, all-modern healthcare campus, now serving Mansfield and our nearby communities. With advanced care for women and infants, orthopedics, heart and vascular, a 24-7 ER, and more. Experience care you'll love right where you love living. Texas Health Mansfield, now open at 287 and Lone Star Road. Learn more at texashealth.org backslash mansfield. 
Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and epic voices and conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hello i'm phoebe phillips you're listening to about mansfield it's time right now for the highly coveted wildly popular about mansfield trivia question the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, we'll receive a $25 gift card to Poured, the wine bar featuring wine, beer, and bubbly, and an extended food menu in a relaxed atmosphere. Check them out on the web at pouredtx.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, in 2014, the city of Mansfield adopted Minutes to Everything, Seconds to None as the official slogan. But did you know that the Mansfield Visitors Bureau has their own slogan? This week's trivia question is, what is Visit Mansfield's slogan? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what is the official slogan that Visit Mansfield uses? Good luck, and thanks to Carol at Pord for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And chances are pretty good that if you are involved in the city of Mansfield, at least in terms of maybe attending a city council meeting or a PTA or what have you, chances are pretty good you're a registered voter. And coming up on the May ballot... I know it's still a ways away, but on the May ballot, there will be your opportunity to vote on some bond issues. Bond issues are where the city wants to borrow some money to either make an addition to or make improvements to the city. The city has put together a bond program presentation, which has been widely publicized. You've had multiple, multiple opportunities to find out what these seven bond issues are. The city also then put together a steering committee to investigate and and talk about these bond issues. There are 27 Mansfield residents on this steering committee. And Monday night, the steering committee is going to make a presentation to city council recommending whether to add or not add any one or all of these seven bond issues to the May ballot in 2022. And with us in the studio today, one of the 27 uh, steering committee members is with us. His name is Ronnie DeManna. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you, Steve. First of all, talk about the committee. Let's find out what is, how was the committee put together and, and what is the purpose of the committee? Sure. So the first that I heard of the committee was uh, through the Chamber of Commerce and letting us know that a committee was going to be formed 
And then my name was put forth uh, to one of the uh, city council members for them to nominate us for the steering committee. And then we were uh, notified that we were going to be part of it and let know what the requirements were going to be, what they needed us to be doing, and that we would be given the opportunity to hear these presentations and voice our opinions and give our recommendations on which one of these presentations or which number of these presentations would be put before voters in May uh, on the on the bond election. When the committee was put together, then did you also then have to go out into the community and survey the, the residents of Mansfield? We didn't have to do that. Uh, they came with some, a lot of, the city was very, very well prepared, had a lot of information on really what was driven to the presentations that were given to us was whatever they've heard from different surveys, from other elections, from city council members of what the city wants. And I think the real goal is we want to make Mansfield the most marketable place for these new residents that are moving from everywhere else to choose to live in the Metroplex. And uh, these are some things that help us do that. 27 people on this steering committee. How did how did they uh, become a member of the committee? Yeah, and after everybody was nominated and we had a, a kickoff meeting, we've, we've been meeting now since September. And when we had the first meeting, we, we got to go around the room, give introductions, meet everybody. And it is really, a like you said, a great mix and, and variety and sample of Mansfield citizens and all different age groups, different uh, ethnicities, different backgrounds, different time of residence too in Mansfield. We have some people have been here since Mansfield was the one high school, you know, right. one little town and, and people that just moved here from California, from New York, from somewhere else, or just from around the Metroplex. So it was a great sampling, great opinions, great conversation that happened for each one of the meetings. And so eventually then the the city of Mansfield, uh, they put together the, the bond program presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was in the presentation? So the, the first kickoff presentation was really explaining to us what the bond program is like. So they'd broke it down for us. We make our recommendations. The city council then uh, deliberates on those recommendations and chooses what they want to go forward with the election. And then they're going to rely on steering committee members like myself to help explain to the community exactly what the benefits are and how much it's going to cost and and all of the intricate details that we've been given. Now, a bond program for the listeners who, this is basically where the city is going to borrow money mm-hmm. and to make improvements to the city. And over time, the city pays it back. Could be a 20-year loan, 30-year loan. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's let's talk about some of the programs. Sure. And, and some of these programs, if I recall, you know, range from from five million to what about eighty million? Yep. Uh, yeah, seventy or eighty million. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. some of these these are not inexpensive projects. No, they're but, not. They're not. The, the only part that's inexpensive right now is uh, the cost of borrowing money. So right. because our rating went up as a city uh, and our bond rating is is at an all time high, it is as cheap as ever to borrow money as a city. So if we're going to do these things um, as a commercial banker myself, this is the time to do it. Right. Right. Let's talk about the projects. Sure. And so, which one do you want to start with? I, I'll go in order of, of what they were presented to us, if, okay. if you like. So it, I'm hoping that there was some kind of, it seemed like there was some logic <laughs> to that. So originally we were we were presented that uh, streets and roads and, um, you know, travel and, and, and all of that was going to be part of the things that were, one of the things we would get to make recommendations on. But because of the Tarrant County bond election passed, and some of that did have to do with large major road improvements in Mansfield. Uh, that plan changed. They had extra funds there. So they took that off of the table as one of the things. So we, we did spend a meeting 
getting to know all of that. And so for those residents that are concerned with why are we doing these other things when I'm sitting in traffic every day to go across Mansfield takes me 20 minutes. Right. Uh, they are aware and conscious of that. It was great insight. The city website has a lot of great details on the roads and the updates and what's coming over the next five years. Uh, so uh, I think his name was Bart was the, the presenter for for that, the the city uh, planner for roads and, right. and construction like that. So that bond program was was shot down because of the Tarrant County funds. Correct, because the, the whole presentation, how they presented what they would need and how much they would need for what projects was going to be different. So maybe next year or in the future, we do look at doing some other large road improvements. But for right now, it seems like we're, our plan's pretty solid. Working down the list, then the next one that was uh, presented? Parks, Trails, and the Veterans Memorial. Uh, was next and and the linear trail was one of the the presentations for us that to connect and complete the linear trail in Mansfield it is something that's unique to us um, the plan is already there the the land is already there it connects other parks and, and everything within Mansfield so that was a, a great presentation and then they went into how that does connect to the other parks and and what other parks they're thinking about expanding one of them was a veterans memorial park uh, that was presented for near city hall and uh with like a, a walking tranquil garden and and veterans memorial at the front and would really be used for those two major veterans holidays memorials day memorial day and veterans day and other than that they thought of it as just a quiet reflection kind of park for for remembering those of ours that have served and um the other portion of the parks presented at that meeting were was a what's called a miracle field and that is a um, special use facility for handicapped children mm -hmm. that are either physically, uh, mentally, or emotionally uh, challenged like that and allows them to play baseball, softball in a, in a controlled environment on a turf and a, on a field that is wheelchair friendly. And it's built next to a field that is uh, of um, more typical specifications. And so that as kids grow into that or they're not physically challenged to give them somewhere else to, to grow into. And that was presented at, at an existing park uh, in Mansfield. So renovating that park, the Veterans Memorial, and the linear trails were all presented to us in, in one meeting. And part of the part of the job of the steering committee is to make then the ultimate recommendation to city council, which is coming up on on Monday. Mm -hmm. And so let's let's break these down. Then the linear park is going to be recommended or not? Yeah. So we, as we went through things and and decided what to recommend and what not to recommend, we've felt that financial stewardship for the city of, is this something worth asking voters if they want on the ballot or not? Or is it going to cause voters to be upset about something and go to the ballot and start voting no on everything else because you know they're, they're in a bad mood? Right. Um, so we, we decided that the only um, recommendation out of those that we decided not to put forward to the, the city council to recommend and, and that we'll present to them next week uh, is the Veterans Memorial. And I'm a veteran myself. I love veteran parks. A lot of us uh, do and, and had that conversation long and hard. But we thought for that amount of money to renovate a park with this grand plan, it seemed like it was adding to um, the bill at, at the end that, that taxpayers will have to pay. So we thought maybe not right now. They have a foundation already. They have a committee set up um, that can help them, you know, hopefully raise money for that and, and go forward. And maybe next year or year after we, we look at that again. But the council still has the opportunity to, uh, in a sense, 
veto your sure it's just recommendations it's that we're just making yeah. we're, we're saying as a voter this is right. how i feel about this and and this is why and right. so that's what we'll present and you're speaking not on a personal level but this is what 27 people correct got together and said you know what it, the veterans park now is not the time right. let's put this off uh so the miracle park the linear trail mm -hmm. those will uh, those will be presented for recommendation yeah. okay mm-hmm uh, working down the list again, sure. Because and I know there's a big one coming up here. And <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll, I'll start getting to to sizable one first uh, before the the really big one. Okay, too. Um, we have two parks in Mansfield that were presented to us, and the first one was was uh, a a park over near M3 Ranch uh, that would be a new park for that that part of Mansfield. Kind of um, in the the outskirts of downtown, nine seventeen, correct area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. uh, there's some side streets that are halfway done. There's a, a school property back there that will kind of uh, be developed in the future by MISD, and it was proposed to us that this park would be able to fit. And they don't. It, it's such a large acreage of a park; it would be able to fit a lot of uh, soccer fields, ball fields, um, nature trails. It would be its own real. Uh, central park for that area of Mansfield and give give residents somewhere to go. And if we complete that, which we, we recommend to the, the city to look at and, and to, to approve, if we complete that, once that is completed, Southwest Community Park is, is I believe, what they, they have it um, earmarked to be called right now. Once we complete that, then we would be able to renovate Skinner Sports Complex, uh, which is out there off of Holland Drive uh, in the East Mansfield area, uh, which has the soccer fields now and softball fields and baseball fields that are subpar uh, that most residents feel like mm -hmm. they go somewhere else and they play in these select tournaments or they <laughs> they play this travel so uh, soccer or softball or something and they can't do it in Mansfield because our fields are not, the facilities are just not up to par with what they are in other cities of our size and stature. So once Southwest has opened, mm -hmm. they'll be able to close Skinner Correct. and do renovations. Right. And completely update the fields there, concession stands and, and all that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it is then the committee's recommendation to that, move forward with that. And, and that we also bundle those together. So we recommend not to have them as standalone individual items on the bond election, because if, if one passes and the other doesn't, we really can't do either. Uh, we need the, the Southwest Park to be completed in order to renovate Skinner. Okay. What's so, next on the list? Then the next one, the elephant in the room that <laughs> that most people have heard about and don't know that much about. Uh, some some people call it the Big Mac. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the without we, cheese. We've <laughs> we've heard all kinds of names. Sure. Uh, the city proposed it to us as the multi generational facility, and it is a you know eighty million dollar price tag. I, I think it is, um, and it is a large presentation of a facility that would house uh, exercise and workout equipment. Uh, aquatic equipment, um, being able to have courts and a place for similar to what you see in other cities around the Metroplex that are attracting these residents, a place for our community uh, to grow and to be together and to be physically active at a very low cost uh, given to city. Is this city where residents. also the library would also move there? It, part of that would also be a, a new library okay. that would be part of that facility and, and kind of tie in the educational aspect and meeting rooms and um, things that uh, help our community interact on a way in a way that in the future, especially in, in, in our post 
pandemic world that is so unpredictable, it needs to be a flexible space and, and be able to be renovated and changed. And and that was a big part of, of the planning part also. And where is this this multi-generational <laughs> facility uh, being proposed to be built? So the, the really interesting and well thought out aspect is that the, the proposed property would be behind kind of in the corner of the shops abroad. Okay. Um, where the linear trail already touches. So the multi-generation facility would be accessible via the linear trail. Right. And it would have four or five different in and out uh, veins of that parking lot from the service road on 287 or from broad or from the side street that goes off a of cannon. Um, there would be a lot of access in and out of that. And they feel like not a lot of school traffic that would that the times would be different and and that shouldn't be an issue like that and have highway access and linear trail access. It was uh, land that the city already owns um, and developing that seemed like a, a great proposition. And that would also then make the the shops at Broad more of an activity center would, where you've got the Star Center, you've mm -hmm. got the Field House, and exactly. now you've got this multi-generational facility that mm -hmm. um, that has activities for for. Well, that's why they call it multi-generational <laughs> for all types of uh, all types of people. Correct. It is the uh, what is the recommendation of the the committee to the council? We recommend to go ahead and go forward with that project. Also, we we see that as a a real difference maker in the city of Mansfield and and something worth supporting a, as as a citizen of the city and and seeing that, like you said, bring more traffic into the shops abroad, but not in an uncontrollable, unsustainable type way and connect field house and, and star center with uh, being able to watch your kid participate in sports. Some of us know when there's longer days in tournaments, you have breaks in between and other things like that. Mm -hmm. So to be able to pop over by the, the recreational facility and, and do some things over there and then, and then get back to one of the games would be great. Nice. What's next on the list. <laughs> so the next on the list was the, uh, what they called and presented as town center. Yeah. Um, so this would include moving city hall to a proposed town center type development, which is going to be off of well, between broad and heritage, um, just between 360 and, and 287 uh, in that huge open field. That's uh, I guess that's just West of the hospital. Um, okay. So if you see that area and you see them already starting construction and starting to move things around, they have some townhouses out uh, already open out front. Right. That'll be part of this very large development that has been presented as a possible town center or having the city hall as a centerpiece of this development with retail and shopping around it. And, um, and the, the developer thought it would be a, a draw to that community and, and a great way to start that up if city hall was located in the middle. And so that's why it was presented to us like that. So the city hall would be the anchor with, with, uh, residential and businesses around. Mm -hmm. And the, the first thing that comes to mind is, is South Lake. Mm -hmm. South Lake is, is anchored by its city hall mm -hmm. and with, with businesses around, uh, and as well as, uh, as, as well as a hotel mm -hmm. and, uh, and residents. Mm -hmm. Uh, this, the board, the board's recommendation to the council will be. So after a lot of deliberation, a lot of questions on what other options we had, because we we go to City Hall, it doesn't, the building is not, you know, deteriorating or anything. It's a beautiful building, in my opinion. They're just out of space. So they're, as our city's growing so fast, their space requirements are growing. And what we came to realize is that the city already owns a large chunk of property behind City Hall uh, and has the ability to expand that. And so between the moving of the, 
um, public safety uh, police station that is already started and, and already in the process of renovating their building and the city being able to move around space like that, we thought that it would be better not to recommend uh, moving City Hall and adding that to this tax bill. Uh, so that was the second of the recommendations that we did not uh, approve to to recommend to City Council. But they could still, like you said, decide against that and, right. and want to move anyway. Right. Is there anything else I missed? Uh, I think we covered all seven mm-hmm. bond issues. Yep. So there are two issues that the bond measures are, are going to be recommended that they are not put on mm-hmm. the the uh, the ballot in, in May, the town uh, uh, town center and the Veterans Memorial. Mm-hmm. Of the five bond issues, and you mentioned two of them are going to be combined together, mm-hmm. what if all five of them passed? Mm-hmm. We're talking, you know, $5 million for the Miracle Park, but we're mm-hmm. talking $80 million for the multi-generational mm-hmm. center. 70 for the parks, for the Southwest community. All right. How much money are we looking at if if all five of those bond issues were to pass? So the, the great thing that the city is developing is, is different ways to look at this. Okay. So on the actual bond, there'll be a total dollar amount um, that will, will be borrowed. But because the way that the bond works, we borrow those at different times as we need it. So once they're approved, they don't go ahead and borrow the whole, I think it was 200 and... 38 million or, or, or something was the total, but uh-huh. they don't go out and borrow that all at one time and start paying interest on that. They borrow part of it. They as start needed. that bond as needed, and okay. then they step them going forward. And, and Joe and, and the, the city management team is, is really awesome at, at, you know, foreseeing how to do that. So another way the city is going to break it down is, well, how much per month is each one of these bond items that are going to be on there. If I vote yes and this approves, how much per month and on my property taxes is this going to cost me? Right. So the city is developing a, a flyer that will have the cost breakdowns. But the last one I saw, I believe it was $22 a month if everything passed. Mm. Um, so on added to your property taxes, which are already, in everybody's opinion, too high, right? <laughs> so we understand that, but they are too high if you're not getting remarkable value and you're still having to drive to Arlington to take your daughter to play softball. Right. But are they too high when you have state of the art sports facilities and and recreational centers that require you to spend more time in Mansfield um, is really how we looked at it. And as a, as another, again, as a, as a banker, the way I look at the marketability of the city, if all of our property values continue to increase because we continue to draw people to Mansfield as we grow and develop M3 branch and other large areas of Mansfield, we need that marketability to increase and to be able to compete with the rest of the Metroplex as a destination. Um, so I, I think that enables us to do that. So whether it's one, whether it's five, whether it's seven, Mansfield will undoubtedly see some bond program issues come up on the May ballot. Correct. And and start it, learning about, and, and the city's very open. The, the city has garnered a lot of respect from other cities by doing the steering committee and having citizens voice their opinion on what the city should ask for, you know, well, in the bond that's, election. That's I was rare. going to recommend that, that to the listeners. If you are concerned about any of these bond projects, Monday night mm-hmm. is the night that the steering committee is mm-hmm. going to make these recommendations of whether to put them on the ballot or not. There is this thing called citizen comment mm-hmm. where every citizen who fills out the, uh, the blue card, I believe it is, uh, gets five minutes of podium time mm-hmm. and, and, this is your chance to voice your opinion. Sure. And and steering committee members will be there. All of our meetings also are open to the public. Uh, the steering committee was the only one 
able to ask questions and, and vote on, on items like that. But it was all open to the public and recorded. And if you go on the city website, you can see the actual PowerPoint presentations for each one of the presentations given to us, the questions that were asked, and, and frequently asked questions, too. We'll see you Monday night at the council. Absolutely. I'm excited. <laughs> Ronnie DeManna, uh, part of the 2022 bond program for the city of Mansfield, the steering committee. And I appreciate you being on About Mansfield. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Coming up next week, in the spirit of the season to give, we will talk with professional volunteer Vandela Menifee. This is the place where you will also hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, weather, information. Until then, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Texas Health Tip, LaShonda Warner. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.